0: Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogue at Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, Who are you, Lord? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, because they heard the voice, but saw no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. For three days he was without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple in Damascus called Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. He answered, Here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who invoke his name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before Gentiles and kings. And before the people of Israel, I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias went and entered the house. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on your way here has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. For several days he was with the disciples in Damascus, and immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. The word of the Lord. God. Let us say together Psalm 30 <coughs> as found in your answer.
1: I will exalt you, O Lord. Lord. His triumph over me. O Lord, my God, I cried out to you, and you restored me to health. You brought me up, O Lord, from the dead. You restored my life as I was going down to the grave. Sing to the Lord, you servants of his, give thanks for the remembrance of his holiness. For his wrath endures but the twinkling of an eye, his favor for a lifetime. Weeping, may spend the night, but joy comes in the morning. While I felt secure, I said, I shall never be disturbed. You, Lord, with your favor, made me as strong as the mountains. Then you hid your face, and I was filled with fear. I cried to you, O Lord. I pleaded with the Lord, saying, What profit is there in my blood if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you or declare your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and have now mercy upon me. O Lord, be my helper. You have turned my wailing into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. Therefore, my heart sings to you without ceasing. O Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever. Our
0: second reading is from the book of Revelation. I, John, looked, and I heard the voice of many angels surrounding the throne and living creatures and the elders. They numbered myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, singing with full voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slaughtered to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them singing, To the one seated on the throne, and to the Lamb, be blessing, and honor, and glory, and might, forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen, and the elders fell down and worshipped. The word of the Lord.
1: Thanks Thanks be to God. Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John.
2: Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. And he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter,
1: Thomas, called
2: the twin, Nathanael of Pena in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing said to him, We'll go with you. They went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing.
1: Just after daybreak,
2: Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, have you no fish? You have no fish, have you? They answered him, No. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in, because there were so many fish. That disciple, whom Jesus loved, said to Peter, it is the Lord! When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea came into the boat, dragging the, the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a few hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there, with fish in it, and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have caught. So Simon Peter went aboard, and hauled the net ashore full of large fish hundred and fifty-three of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. He said to them a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt, because he said to him the third time, do you love me?" And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and go wherever you wished, but when you grow old, You will stretch out your hands, and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, "Follow me." The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ.
2: In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please be seated. So this week I was at a conference for four days. Uh, it was a provincial conference of uh, a lot of Episcopalians from around the Great Lakes region. And during the Eucharist, we had listed as about the third Eucharistic hymn that, Alleluia, Alleluia, you know, which we just sang as our opener. And uh, our, one of our musicians was a, was a Methodist, and he said, well, if we don't have time, could we just not sing that one? I said, look, you have a room full of Episcopalians. If we do not sing our national anthem, there will be a rebellion. <laughs> well, having nothing to do with hymnody, but thinking about what it means to be a disciple. During the rise of Nazism, German theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote a book in 1937. The title of the book is The Cost of Discipleship. It is one of the most influential Christian works of the 20th century. In it, one of his most famous quotes is Cheap grace is the preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance. Baptism without church discipline. Communion without confession. Cheap grace is grace without discipleship, grace without the cross, grace without Jesus Christ living and incarnate. Cheap grace is grace without discipleship. Now, discipleship is never an easy calling. We are in our first reading, The Call of St. Paul, where he was persecuting Christianity, which in in Acts is referred to as the way, and he was called to completely turn his life around. And in his blindness, he was able to see the truth. And then we had Ananias, who feared Paul because of what Paul had done. And yet, he was called to take this person who was hated into his home, and teach him about the love of Jesus Christ. Discipleship is not an easy calling. It is a calling with much cost. And we heard our Gospel reading today. This passage from John has so much packed into it. And I will tell you that one of the amazing things about reading the Gospel of John is that John never gives you a detail without it meaning something. We don't always know what those details mean, but we're pretty sure he means something by it. So this is the third post-resurrection narrative. And the interesting part about it is we have really no idea how long after the resurrection it was. It could have happened a day, weeks, or even perhaps years after the resurrection. The Bible simply does not say. What we do know is that Life seems to need to go back to normal. The disciples need to earn a living.
1: So there they are,
2: and Peter says, I'm going to go fishing. I need to return back to my normal life. Now between that and the fact they don't recognize Jesus suggests it may have very well been quite a while since they last saw him. Now they are fishing all night, and they have not caught anything And Jesus from the shore tells them to cast the net on the right side of the boat. What's fascinating about this narrative is it's reflective of a passage that happens in the other three Gospels much earlier when all those disciples were called. But here the disciples are being called in a very different way. So they cast the net and they catch so many fish, 153 to be exact, that they can't even bring it in. And Peter recognizes Jesus, well, really, John does. You know, John always makes sure to tell you that he's the one who does it first. You gotta love that. You know, just patting myself on the back a little bit. Uh, But Peter, when he realizes who it is, he jumps in the water and swims ashore. And there's Jesus sitting by a charcoal fire. Now again, John never gives you a detail without it being significant. Do you all remember the last time in John we saw a charcoal fire? Think about especially with Peter. Just two weeks ago we heard this one. Hmm? In, the garden. in the garden. There you go. Deanna gets the sticker for today. In the garden. Where Peter was confronted by the servants who said, hey, aren't you one of them? Aren't you a Galilean? Aren't you following Jesus? And Jesus denies. I am not one of them. I do not know the man. The interesting thing is, how many times did Peter deny Jesus? Oh, come on, it was just three times, right, there you go. It was just like two weeks ago. Yes, a series of three questions. And so today we get another series of three questions Simon, son of John, do you love me? And in all three, Peter says, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. These may seem like innocuous questions, but if you remember back to the garden, it was also a series of three questions. Don't you know this man? Aren't you one of them? Are you not one of his disciples? And as he responded with that denial, What it seems to be in the traditional uh, understanding of this passage that we heard today is that each one of those questions that Jesus asks Peter is an undoing of each one of those denials that he had done in the garden. This is a wonderful idea of repairing the broken relationship that was, that happened at the Garden. If we're being honest, repairing the broken relationship is at the heart of what Christianity is about. If you read the Catechism, in every single order of ministry, from bishops, priests, deacons, and laity, all four of us, all four orders, the first thing it says that the ministry of each of us is to reconcile the church and the world repairing relationships. And sin is at the core of that brokenness, that brokenness between us and God, that brokenness between each other. And that's why we talk about repentance and reconciliation in the same place. There's another really wonderful layer to this gospel because it doesn't just end at that level because it goes just a little layer deeper. And part of that layer is lost in translation I mentioned this a few months ago, The Greek has four, well, five, but the fifth one's a little complicated, four words for love. So you have uh, eros, which is like romantic love. You have storge, which is familial love. You have, and then you have agape, which is charitable love, and philia, which is friend love. So what's interesting is were you to read this in Greek, you would catch something. That the first two times Jesus asks Peter this question, he says, Do you agape me? In other words, do you have charitable love for me? That word is far and wide. The most common word for love in the Bible is Christian charity, this giving love, this community love. It's why the first time Jesus says He asks, Do you Love me more than these. And this is important too because in discipleship, for our own love, our first focus is in fact on Jesus. We love others through the lens of Jesus. <clears throat> and it's an important point in discipleship because we often act according to what others might think and maybe not what is Jesus's priority. And then then Jesus' response to Peter, feed my lambs. Care first for the vulnerable. Now the second time Jesus asks, he still uses agape, but he says, do you love me more than these? And then the answer is, tend my sheep. In other words, guide the faithful who follow? The third question, though. The third question, Jesus changes that one word in the question. He no longer asks, "Do you agape? Do you love me?" He changes it to philia, and there's a distinction here. The word philia is related is related to the word for friend in Greek. Uh, it's you know like Philadelphia the city of brotherly love. Um, but here's why it's important that he uses the word for friend love. John fifteen three. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. So see what Jesus is now asking Peter? He's not just asking, do you feel it? but are you willing to go through some stuff for me? We have to remember that Jesus laid down his life for those he loved, and he's calling Peter to a deeper discipleship, one that is sacrificial, one that, like Jesus, feeds the sheep even when they nail him to the cross. And the hard part about this passage and the challenge for us today is, is that we are called to discipleship. And in that, we remember that discipleship is hard. It has costs. It is not cheap. Discipleship has perspective first on the ones who are not always closest to us, but on those who are vulnerable. Discipleship can be dangerous, can be unpopular, can even be painful sometimes, like the disciples, we may not even hear from God for a very long time. And then out of nowhere, God shows us, shows up and asks hard things of us. Ananias, can you take in this guy who was just persecuting you? God can ask these hard things of us, and as we do every month, we as a church are continuing to discern where God is calling us as disciples of Jesus Christ, as a faith community. We continue to follow Jesus and do his will, and we are called to be disciples in our personal lives as well, where we serve Christ and one another and the world outside. As we go about our lives, we live and serve Jesus We are called to think about those implications. We are called to have faith. And faith means not always knowing when Jesus will be visible or what Jesus will call us to do. This is why so many have faltered when called to follow Jesus, because it's hard. And so as Jesus asked Peter those many years ago, he asked us, People of St. John the Divine, do you love me? Follow me. Amen. Thank you for joining the St. John the Divine podcast. If you're interested in worshiping with us, you can visit us at 9 a.m. at our church, which is at 216 East Chandler Boulevard in Burlington, Wisconsin. If you want to learn more about us, You can click the link in the description or visit SaintJohnTheDivine.org. Just remember, we're the one in Burlington, Wisconsin, not the cathedral in New York. Have a great day. Bye.